Hey everyone, this is Sarah with Corn Fed Witch here for another episode of Witchery Goodness. Now, this may be like a double episode. I'm doing four correspondences of the week and two tarot cards of the week because next week, hopefully, I'll be out of the country on a nice, nice cruise, providing that the coronavirus is not mess everything up. That's all everyone talks about. That is everything that they were talking about at work was coronavirus this, coronavirus that, and if I'm going to cancel my cruise, if not, I might be on mandated work quarantine. It's all super stressful, but I'm here to talk to you about something less stressful, which is the pentacle which is another tool of witchcraft, especially Wicca and Solomonic magic. Now, I'm not an expert on Solomonic magic by any means, but it does come into play. So, once again, as per the usual, this is a beginner podcast. So, if you are brand new to the craft, you can learn something. If not, if you're a little bit advanced, maybe it's like a reminder this is really just geared, well, it's geared towards everyone, but this is a back-to-basics type of course or podcast or whatever the fuck I'm doing. So, let's begin. So, a pentacle, you may be familiar with the five-pointed star in a circle. The star in a circle is a pentacle. It's is the stereotypical pentacle. There are many different kinds, and a pentacle does not necessarily have five corners. It is basically a a protection or a seal or magical tool used for communication. A pentagram is just a star, but I'll go into that a different in a little bit here. So as per the use, I will be reading a little bit of the Wikipedia to give like kind of an overview of the pentacle. So a pentacle also spelled and pronounced as pentacle or pentacle or whatever in Thelema following Aleister Crowley, though that spelling ultimately derived from Eliphas Levi. The pentacle is a talisman that is used in magical evocation. It is usually made of parchment, paper, cloth, or metal, although it can be made of other materials, upon which a magic design is drawn. Protective symbols may also be included, sometimes on the reverse, a common one being the six-point form of the Seal of Solomon. Pentacles may be sewn to the chest of one's garment, or may be flat objects that hang from one's neck, or are placed flat upon the ground or altar. Pentacles are almost always shaped as discs or flat circles, and the hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, though, a pentacle is placed within the Triangle of Evocation. And I will be touching on the Golden Dawn in another episode because it is a fundamental piece of modern-day witchcraft. Many varieties of pentacle can be found in the grimoire called the Key of Solomon. Pentacles are also used in the neo-pagan magical religion called Wicca, alongside other magical tools. In the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn in Wicca, pentacles symbolize the classical element Earth. In the 1909 wider Waite Smith tarot deck, the pentacles of which were drawn by Arthur Edward Waite, or White, 
and subsequent tarot decks are based upon it and in Wicca. Pentacles prominently incorporate a pentagram in their design. This form of pentacle is formed upon a disc, which may be used either upon an altar or a sacred space of its own. Going through some of the definitions. The first documents to depict pentacles were the 1500 grimoires called the Heptameron and the Key of Solomon. In the Heptameron, there is only one pentacle, whereas the Key of Solomon, there are dozens of different pentacles. The Heptameron's pentacle is a hexagram that is embellished by petite crosses and letters, whereas the Key of Solomon's pentacles have a very broad variety of designs, only two of which are pentagramic. That contrasts with the latter popular false definitions of pentacles from the 1900s, which state that pentacles are inherently pentagramic. Gerald Gardner, known by some as a father of Wicca, got his concept of pentacles in large part from the 1909 writer White Smith's tarot deck, in which the pentacles were discs that are covered with, with a pentagram. In Gardner's 1949 book, High Magic's Aid, and 1954 book, Witchcraft Today, Gardner defined a pentacle as a five-pointed star, containing the meaning of pentagram. In his 1959 book, The Meaning of Witchcraft, Gardner defined a pentacle as a synonym of pentagram. Major dictionaries have taken their definition of the word pentacle from Gerald Gardner, being unaware of its historical inaccuracy. For example, the online Oxford in English Dictionary 2007 revision states that the words pentacle and pentagram, a five-point unicrossal star, are essentially synonymous. There is a particular definition of pentacle among many latter-day Wiccans, namely a pentacle, refers to a pentagram circumscribed by a circle. So it, it, it can be synonymous of a pentagram, but it... it really isn't. Gerald Garner has some things wrong. But he just kind of went with it. And here we go. The etymology, which is the history of this, the words. The word is first recorded in English uses in 1561 from earlier French use. The French word had the meaning of talisman. The French word is in turn from the Latinized word pentaculum using it's the Latin diminutive suffix culum, which is in turn from the Latin word pentacolo. The Oxford English Dictionary, OED for us English nerds, in earlier editions, second edition 1989, went on to say that some would connect it with the Middle French word pentacle or pentacle, a jewel or ornament worn around the neck. This is a derivation the Theosophical Society employed in their glossary. It's, it seems most likely that it comes through Italian and French from the root pen to hang. It is so equivalent to a pendant or charm hung about the neck, from the fact that one form of pentacle was a pentagram or a star pentagon. The word itself has been connected with the Greek pente. 5. As magical objects. Pentacles, despite the sound of the word, often had no connotation of five in old magical texts, but were, rather, magical talismans inscribed with any symbol or character. When they incorporated star-shaped figures, these were most often hexagrams and pentagrams, pentacles showed a great variety of shapes and images. Pentacles showing a great variety of shapes and images appear in old magical grimoires, such as the King of Solomon. As Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa summarizes it, their use was to foreknow all future things and command whole nature, have power over devils and angels, and do miracles. Agrippa attributes to Moses' feats of magic and parts his knowledge of various pentacles. 
And then it goes on to talk about some occult knowledge. A fourth book of occult philosophy, circa 1565, which is falsely attributed to Agrippa, gives detailed instructions on how pentacles should be formulated. But we now come to speak of the holy and sacred pentacles and sigils. Now, th these pentacles as are as it were certain holy signas, preserving us from evil chances and events, and helping and assisting us to bind, exterminate, and drive away evil spirits, and alluring the good spirits, and reconciling them unto us. And these pentacles do consist either of characters of the good spirits of the uh, superior order, or of sacred pictures of holy letters or revelations, with apt and fit versicles, which are composed either of geometrical figures and holy names of God, according to the course and manner of many of them. Or they are compounded of all of them, or very many of them mixed. Let me get a drink of beer. I'm drinking a red ale, which is delicious. Francis Barrett, in his influential work, The Matches of 1801, repeats these instructions almost verbatim. Another common design employed in pentacles is magic square, such as the Seder Arepetinet square. In the Golden Dawn magical system, the earth pentacle is one of the four elemental weapons or tools of the adept, of an adept. Of an adept. These weapons are symbolical representations of the forces employed for the manifestation of the inner self. The elements required for the incarnation of the divine. Other pentacles for the evocation of spirits are also employed in the Golden Dawn system. These are engraved with the name and sigil of the spirit to be invoked. Inside three concentric circles have been painted on the reverse a circle and cross like a Celtic cross. According to Alistair Crowley's instructions for the AA, the pentacle is a disc of wax, gold, silver gilt, or electrum magicum, eight inches diameter and half an inch thick. The neophyte should, which is someone who's new, neophyte should, by his understanding and ingenium, devise a circle to represent the universe and engrave this upon the disc. There is, therefore, nothing movable or immovable under the whole firmament of heaven which is not included in this pentacle, though it be eight inches in diameter and in thickness half an inch. Fire is not matter at all. Water is a combination of elements. Air, almost entirely a mixture of elements. Earth contains all, both in admixture and in combination, so it must be with this pentacle the symbol of Earth. A pentacle is also employed as a magical tool within Wicca, generally to summon certain energies or some spirits. It, there again, the there we have it again the the use of communication. So the method of employment in many old grimoires dealing with magical evocation, the pentacle is described as being hung about the neck, providing protection and authority to the operator. Johann Trithelmius has a magician donning the pentacle just before casting the protective circle. Then, then taking your ring and pentacle, put the ring on the little finger of your right hand, hang the pentacle around thy neck. Note the pentacle may be either wrote on clean virgin parchment or engraved on a square plate of silver and suspended from thy neck to the breast. One version the Kia Solomon mentions, both a great pentacle which is drawn in a book, as well as a collection of other pentacles which are drawn in ink on separate pieces of parchment for use as amulets. Thou shalt preserve, preserve them suspend from thy neck, whichever thou wilt, on the day and hour wherein thou wast born. 
after which thou shalt take heed to name every day ten times the name which is hung from thy neck, turning towards east, and thou mayest be assured that no enchantment or any other danger shall have power to harm thee. The pentacle is of central importance in the evocation of spirits. A fairly typical evocation involves a series of conjurations of increasing potency, each involving the display of the pentacle. If they then immediately appear, it is well. If not, let the master uncover the consecrated pentacles, which he should have made to constrain and command the spirits, and which he should wear fastened round his neck, holding the medals or pentacles in his left hand, and the consecrated knife in his right, and encouraging his companions, he shall say with a loud voice, here be the symbols of secret things, the standards, the ensigns, and the banners of God the Conqueror and the arms of the Almighty One to compel the aerial potencies to command ye absolutely by their power and virtue that ye come near unto us and to a princes from whatsoever part of the world ye may be in, and that ye delay not to obey us in all things wherein we shall command ye by the virtue of God the Mighty One. Come ye promptly and delay not to appear and answer us with humility. If they appear at this time, show them the pentacles and receive them with kindness, gentleness, and courtesy. Reason and speak with them, question them, and ask from them all things which thou hast proposed to demand. But if on the contrary they do not yet make their, their appearance, holding the consecrated knife in the right hand and the pentacles being uncovered by the removal of their consecrated covering, Strike and beat the air with the knife, as if wishing to commence a combat, or a combat, comfort and exhort thy companions, and then, in a loud and stern voice, repeat the following conjuration. Once the spirit has appeared and been constrained, the pentacle is covered again, but is uncovered whenever demands are made of the spirit, or when it is compelled to depart. In the Golden Dawn system, the pentacles are not suspended from the neck, but wrapped in cloth covering. Instead of wearing a pentacle, the magician wears fastened to their breast a layman. It has uh, some pictures here of classical pentacles. And so it goes on to explain tarot, which is this really just a. Uh, the pentacles are associated with the earth and. And earthly things. Alright, so we are going on to the pentagram. Which, there's lots of different uses, of course. So, a pentagram, which is often confused for a pentacle, is the shape of a five-pointed star. Pentagrams were used symbolically in ancient Greece and Babylonia and are used today as a symbol of faith by many Wiccans, akin to the use of the cross by the Christians. The pentagram has magical associations. Many people who practice neo-pagan faith wear jewelry incorporated in simple. Christians once commonly used a pentagram to represent the five wounds of Jesus. The pentagram is also used as a symbol by other belief systems and is associated with Freemasonry. The word pentagram well, it's just uh, basically just repeating some information we already learned. Do, do, do. So let's go into some interesting. Here's some Western symbolism. The pentagram was used at ancient times as a Christian symbol for the five senses or the five wounds of Christ. 
The pentagram plays an important symbolic role in the 14th century English poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, in which the symbol decorates the shield of the hero Gawain, or Gawain, rather. The unnamed poet credits the symbols originally King Solomon, which we heard about earlier, and explains that each of the five interconnected points represents a virtual tribe to a group of five. Gawain is perfect in his five senses and five fingers, faithful to the five wounds of Christ. He takes courage from the five joys that Mary had of Jesus and exemplifies the five virtues of knighthood. And it just kind of goes on to some information we already learned about. But basically, it can, it can sometimes be used in interchangeably with the pentacle like Daryl Gardner had started. So, I did go over the, el the elements and how the summoning evoked them. But just as a review, the, the top is spirit, the upper right is air, the lower right is fire, the lower left is earth, and the upper left is water. Now you'll see, you'll see the pentacle in, or pentacle or pentagram in many different traditions, like we mentioned earlier. Oh, there's my laundry. Um, but not, but sorry, that was distracting. So you'll see it all over the place. It has prominence in Satanism. It's used for. It's really good for communication. When, when it's on a pentacle, it's just all, all around a good tool to use in Wicca. Let's see, do 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 do. Bring up some information here. So here's some, here's some new. We already went over in how it's used in. The Golden Dawn. It is used in some East Asian symbolism. So the Wu Ching, which I think I'm mispronouncing, by the five phases are five elements in Chinese tradition. You know, medicine, acupuncture, feng shui, and Taoism. They are similar to the Greek elements, which, with more emphasis on the cyclic, cyclic transformation and on the material aspects. Five phases are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, which are a different order than what is used in Wicca. So, let's see, we already talked about Solonics in Baha'i. The five-pointed star is a symbol of the Baha'i faith. It's also known as the Haikal, which is temple. It was initiated and established by, I think it's a Bob. I don't really know a lot about Baha'i. In the Babin, is it Baha'u'llah? Baha'u'llah wrote various works in the form of the pentagram. The Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints began using both upright and inverted five-pointed stars in temple architecture dating from the is it Nauvoo, Illinois Temple dedicated on April 30th, 1846. Other temples decorated with five-pointed stars in both orientations include the Salt Lake Temple and Logan, Utah Temple. These usages come from the symbolism found in Revelation chapter 12. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, 
A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And in Wicca, because of a perceived association with Satanism and occultism, many United States schools in the late 90s or 1990s sought to prevent students from displaying the pentagram on clothing or jewelry. In public schools, such, as, such actions by administrators were determined in 2000 to be a violation of students' First Amendment right to free exercise of religion. The encircled pentagram, referred to as pentacle by the plaintiffs, was added to the list of 38 approved religious syllables syllable symbol to be placed on the tombstones of fallen service members at Arlington National Cemetery in April 20, on April 24, 2007. The decision was made following 10 applications from families of fallen soldiers who practiced Wicca. The government paid the, fam the families $225,000 to settle their pending lawsuits. So we're, we're getting there, but we're still... We're still a little bit backwards. Still mainly a Christian society here. Alright. So it's also associated with Freemasonry. They use it as one of their symbols. With the five triangles of the points color blue, yellow, white, green, and red. And so... There you have it. You have some background information on the pentacle and the pentagram. Now, I personally have a pentacle that's made out of uh, metal because I, I think metal conducts electricity better, so therefore it is better for communicating. But that's my personal belief. Now, I may go into the concept of the iron pentacle in a different episode because it goes into more of the reclaiming tradition of Wicca and a little bit of the fairiness. And I want to read the book, The Iron Pentacle, that's next, that's on my reading list. Either next or second. Alright. So, now that you know about the pentacle and pentagram and how they may be confused, they're basically, well, pen, well if you're using the five-point star, you can call it a pentacle or a pentagram. Either way should, would work. But if you're using a pentacle, there are many, many different kinds. If you're, especially if you're practicing some sort of Solomonic communication and trying to evoke some archangels and whatnot. So let's move on to our correspondences of the week. See, I wanted to pick Earth because Earth is the Earth is the element of the pentacle. So the first correspondence of the week is emerald. This energy is receptive. This planet is Venus. This element is Earth. Deities are Isis, Venus, Ceres, Visnu. Associated metals, copper and silver. Powers, love, money, mental powers, psychism, protection, exorcism, eyesight. Magical ritual lore. The emerald with its brilliant hue is representative of our planet. Because emeralds are one of the most expensive stones on the market, the magical substitutes mentioned in part 4 of this book can be used in their place. However, inexpensive, low-quality emeralds are available as mentioned in Chapter 6. Shop around. You might find just emeralds you need for magical purposes. Magical uses. If you wish to bring a love into your life, buy an emerald and charge it with your magical need through your visualization. Perhaps while placing it near a green candle. After this ritual, wear or carry the emerald somewhere near your heart. 
Do this in such a way that it cannot be seen by others. When you meet a future love, you'll know it wasn't the visual jewel that attracted him or her. Emeralds are often utilized in business spells and rituals to promote sales and to increase the public's awareness of the firm. The stone is worn to strengthen the memory. It was suggested for this use by the pseudo-Albertus Magnus in the 16th century, as well as to increase understanding and produce eloquent speech. The stone affects not only the conscious mind, but also the psychic subconscious as well, where it increases its wearer's awareness of psychic faculties. Because of this dual effect, the emerald is said to grant all knowledge of the past, present, and future. Throughout the world, the emerald is worn or utilized in magic for protection. The stone was bound to the left arm, to left arm with string to guard travelers. Emeralds were given to possessed persons to exercise the evil entity within them. Many of these persons were epileptic or asthmatic. Its soothing color caused emeralds to be used as gazing stones to relieve blurry, tired, or weak eyes and to relax the optic nerve and restore normal sight. Perhaps the most curious of emeralds comes from India, where ancient Hindu writings prescribe wearing the stone during sleep to halt nocturnal emotions. That, that is really curious. For best results in magic, or so the old magicians recorded, an emerald should be set in silver or copper. So there you have emerald, which is really appropriate because St. Patrick's Day is coming up. The next one I would probably use very sparingly. It's known as lead. Its energy is receptive. This planet is Saturn. Its element is Earth. Associated herbs are rose, nettle, rue, and cumin. Powers are divination, protection, defensive magic, magical ritual lore. Lead has been used in, in magic. Lead has long been used in magic. In ancient Greek times, tablets of this metal were ritually charged and inscribed with words of power. These tablets were generally used in negative spells because the lead ensures the spell's long countenance. In India, during the 11th century, charms and figures designed to cause conception or to increase the fertility of gardens and orchards were engraved on lead tablets. Magical Uses Lead is a heavy metal that causes death when it's absorbed by the body. The ancient Romans discovered this by using lead dishes and cooking utensils. A curious divination recorded in the 1800s by Italy by Charles Godfrey Leland uses lead. Take three rose seeds, remove them from the hip that forms after a rose has lost its petals, three, three nettle leaves, two rue leaves, and three cumin seeds. Please put these on a metal plate along with a small quantity of lead. At midnight, while burning or while clearing your mind of needless mental clutter, burn two yellow candles and light a fire. Place the metal plate over the fire, then pour a large basin with water. Once the lead has melted, pour it along with the herb ashes into the water. When the lead nodule has cooled, remove it from the water and gaze at its shape. The ritual and the lead itself should allow access to your second mind. If nothing comes to you, place a nodule beneath your pillow and let your dreams guide you. Lead is worn or used in protective spells and also plays its part in defensive magic. It can be placed near the entrance of the house to prevent negativity from gaining access. Now, I don't suggest you use lead. I think that would result in, like, insanity. 
but it's good to have a background of that that correspondence for future reference. I guess it led you to knowledge. So moving on to our herbs of the week. Our first one, which is, if you're one of the old school hippies, you would know this. It's called patchouli. So it's also called Puchapat or Kavlin. It's planet as Saturn's element is Earth. Powers are money, fertility, and lust. Magical uses. Patchouli smells like rich earth, and so it has been used in money and prosperity mixtures and spells. It is sprinkled onto money, added to purses and wallets, and placed around the base of green candles. Also, owing to its earthiness, patchouli is used in fertility talismans, and is also a substitute for graveyard dust where it is called for. Patchouli is added to luxuries and bath. Though in the contemporary American voodoo-based herbal magic, patchouli is used for separation. This is a modern concept. It has no long tradition. In fact, patchouli is actually used to attract people and to promote lust. This, this points to differences in herb magic practices. Sure. I actually use patchouli a lot as a scent in my first novel called A Good Life. It's on Amazon if you want to buy it. It always, the incense always smelled like patchouli. And it was always associated with sex scenes. Or, well, someone who was embody the embodiment of lust. So, our next herb is tulip. Which is, if you don't know what a tulip is, I suggest you do some research. But its planet is Venus. The element is Earth. Its powers are prosperity, love, and protection. Magical uses. The tulip is worn to safeguard against poverty and bad luck in general. Tulip means turban, and the flower is often worn in the turban, er turban in Middle Eastern countries for protection. Tulips are placed on the altar during love spells. So now you have more information about the tulip. So both of those, or all those correspondences, came from Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs and Crystal Gem Metal Magic. So now, moving on, we've had a lot of information for this podcast, but we are going to go on to our tarot cards, which are still in the, the Major Arcana. We haven't yet got to the Pentacles yet, but we'll get there. Slowly and surely. So, the next, the last time we did the the Empress, and now we're doing the Emperor. So let's give a well some key words. If the Emperor is upright, it's authority, establishment, structure, father figure, reverse, domination, excessive control, lack of discipline, and flexibility. The Emperor description. Well, if the Empress is the mother archetype of the tarot deck, the Emperor is the father. And, and this information is coming from Biddy Tarot. This one and the next tarot and card information are going to come from the same place. But a tarot, which is a great beginner resource, and it's free. Excuse me. So if the Empress is the mother archetype of the tarot deck, the Emperor is the father. He sits upon a large stone throne, the throne is four ram's heads, symbolic of his connection with Aries and the planet Mars. 
In his right hand, the emperor holds an onk, the Egyptian symbol of life, and in his left is an orb representing the world over which he rules. He wears a red robe indicative of his power, passion, and energy for life. Underneath it, he wears a suit of armor suggesting that he is protected from any threat and any emotional response or vulnerability. His long white beard is symbolic of his age-old wisdom and experience, and along with his gold crown, he is an authority figure who demands to be heard. Behind his throne looms a tall and penetrable mountain range, signifying that he is backed by a solid foundation but resistant to make any changes unless he deems it necessary. Beneath the peaks flows a small river, given, giving some hope that despite his tough exterior, he is still an emotional being. It would just take a lot of digging and trust to open him up to a softer side. So, upright. So, as the father figure of the tarot deck, the emperor suggests that you are adopting this fatherly role, regardless of whether you're male or female, providing for your family and protecting and defending your loved ones. You may be the breadwinner or rock for those who rely on your stability and security. And similarly, the emperor resembles represents a powerful leader who demands respect and authority. Status, power, and recognition are essential to you, and you are most comfortable in a leadership role when you can command and direct others. As a leader, you rule with a firm but fair hand. You have a clear vision of what you want to create, and you organize those around you to manifest your goals. You listen to the advice of others, but you prefer to have the final say. Conflict doesn't scare you, and you will you won't hesitate to use your power to protect those you care about, and in return, those people will repay you with the loyalty and respect that you deserve. Claim your authority as leader and influencer, and don't let others put you down. The emperor reflects a system bound by rules and regulations. You create law and order by applying principles or guidelines to a specific situation. Keep calm out of chaos by breaking down any problem into its parts, and then mapping out the actions you need to take to resolve it. Be systematic, strategic, and highly organized in your approach, and stick to your plan until the end. The Emperor card also signifies world knowledge and expertise. Through the course of your life, you have gained valuable wisdom and life experience, and now you enjoy offering guidance, love, advice, and direction to someone who might benefit from it. You may be a teacher, coach, boss, or just a good friend who likes to take what you have learned and pass it on so that others can be, wise and be as wise and powerful as you. Now, reverse is much longer, but the reverse emperor calls on you to assess your relationship with power, control, authority, responsibility, and discipline. Are you expressing too much or too little of these elements in your life right now? Are they working for you or against you? In the reverse position, it's more of a negative trait you the you could be domineering and rigid in your thinking you could be abusing your power you can be over using your power and consider consider how you're using the power in the ways are you using are you really wanting to be an extremist or are you just trying to be a person in authority you know seek to find a a solution where you can lead from place personal power and enable others to do the same and it could also be a sign that others look to you as your leader or expert in the field, but you are shying away from the role. You may fear being, uh, seen, being seen as a leader instead of preferring to hide in the shadows or stay out of the spotlight. There may be other ways you can make an impact and influence the world, such as authoring a book or training others to read it, reach a bigger audience.
Sometimes it tells that you need, or sometimes it reverts and harass you to stand up to authority. So you may be feeling fed up with the overbearing boss or a hierarchical organization and feel compelled to enter a more flexible arrangement. You may stick up and you might want to break out of that. Pay attention to your equipment. Apparently I can't speak. I'm going to take another drink of beer. When it pops up in a tarot reading, pay attention to your commitment to your goals and your self-discipline to get the job done. If you are struggling to see any real outcomes, check to see if you have a plan in place and you may need to get a little tough on yourself and and do the uncomfortable work you prefer to avoid. But if you can get the the energy your efforts will lead to success. In a relationship reading, the reverse emperor suggests you may be an unequal partnership and is making you unhappy in the long run. Your significant other has become overbearing, possessive, dominating, and authoritative. While you may have been looking for a partner to take care of you and offer a stable foundation for the future, these, those, policies, those qualities have gone too far, and it seems as though much of your independence and freedom have been taken away. This dynamic is putting a strain on the relationship and preventing a flow of energies between you. But that's the Emperor. Just another authority figure and another card down that you know. So the last thing I want to talk about is the Hierophant. It is the next card in the Major Arcana. Keywords are upright spiritual wisdom, religious beliefs, conformity, tradition, institutions. Reverse personal beliefs, freedom, challenging the status quo. So the Hierophant is a masculine counterpart to the High Priestess. He's also known as the Pope or the Teacher and other tarot decks and is ruled by Taurus. The Hierophant is a religious figure sitting between two pillars of a sacred temple. Though this temple differs from the one Oh, sorry. So this, it's pretty late here. Though this temple differs from the one in which the high priestess sits, he wears three robes, red, blue, and white, and a three-tiered crown, both representing the three worlds over he, which he rules, conscious, subconscious, and superconscious. In his left hand, he holds a papal cross, a triple scepter, that signifies his religious status. He raises his right hand in a religious blessing, with two fingers pointing towards the heaven and two towards earth. Before him kneel two followers, Hierophant's task is to pass down his spiritual wisdom and initiate the two into the church so they can take up their appointed roles. This imagery speaks to a shared group identity and a rite of passage to enter the next level. The cross keys at the Hierophant's feet represent the balance between the conscious and subconscious minds and the unlocking of mysteries which only he can teach. So the upright Hierophant. It represents an established set of spiritual values and beliefs, often corresponding with religion and other forms of doc doctrines. Not surprising. Before you can discover your own belief systems and make your own choices as associated with the next card, the lovers, Nyrefin encourages you to learn the fundamental principles from a trusted source. Work with a teacher, mentor, or guide, or me to teach you about spiritual values and beliefs in a structured way. They may be an authority or a kind of generous mentor who nurtures your spiritual awareness and helps you access the divine by understanding the traditions and core principles. You may also undertake a period of formal study as you delve into a subject that has been widely explored 
and documented. So if you've already mastered something, you may be also taking on the role of the teacher. And in this position, you honor and acknowledge your responsibility to share your knowledge in a structured way that respects the age-old traditions. The Hierophant's Arrival suggests you are following convention and staying within the bounds of a tried and tested model. You, you know, what, what's broke, don't fix, you know. You are not yet willing to go out on a limb or offer any new and innovative ideas. Instead, you adhere to the key principles and rules you know will lead to a successful result. And it may be calling you to honor family traditions or sacred rituals that sit neglected. You're being asked to commence a spiritual practice in its most wholesome form. No customization, no adaptation, no bending the rules. If you have been lacking ritual and tradition, create a regular practice such as daily prayer or saying grace before meal. Consider exploring your spiritual or religious heritage. The Hierophant Tarot card often speaks to group membership or being part of an institution. You may enjoy a deep sense of comfort being surrounded by people who have well-established belief systems and explicit values. Finding them may be as significant as exploring a new church or religious crew, or as simple as joining a gym or online tarot community. This card is about identifying with others in a way of thinking that will prompt further learning. In its most positive form, the reverse hierophant, oh, this is the reverse hierophant, obviously. I'm getting ahead of myself. In its most positive form, the reverse hierophant reminds you that you are your own teacher. All the wisdom you think comes from within. Trust your intuition. Not from external, some external source of power. You're being guided to follow your own path and adopt your own spiritual belief system. Rather than blindly following your... <laughs> ah, I've been talking a lot. Rather than blindly following others. You may feel upset unsettling at first as you make your own way, but over time you'll learn to trust yourself and tap into your inner knowledge. Others may question your motivations to go against tradition, but you know deep within that now is the time. With the reverse hierophant, you are no longer you no longer need external approval to succeed. You're ready to go it alone and do it your way, even if that means going against convention. Give yourself permission to trust your inner guidance system as you create your own path forward. The Hierophant Reverse is also about challenging the status quo. You see alternative ways of viewing the world and are ready to test the very ideas and concepts you were taught for the truth and you no longer nah, you no longer accept the rigid structure, tradition, and dogma surrounding you. Instead, you seek out opportunities to rebel and reclaim your personal power. If you feel constricted or constrained and have lost your sense of freedom and flexibility, now is the time to make your own rules. The reverse hierophant encourages you to examine the way we do things around here and ask yourself whether it aligns with your values. You may be, have been running on autopilot so far and following the crowd. But now that you see that changes need to be made, taken, taken further, the hierophant reverse is like rebellious teenager who begins to question society and take part in anti-institution activities. There may be a running with authorities or a conflict with a parent or authority, authoritative figure. Well, that was a lot of speaking. Now you know about the Hierophant, and you also know about the Emperor, as well as Emerald, Lead, Tulip, and Patchouli, as well as the Pentacle and Pentagram. I will be going in-depth in with the Pentacle in some form when I actually get to like a Reclaiming episode or something like that, or some Solomonic episode.
Give us a little bit more in advance for right now. Once again, you can follow me at, at CornFedWitch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have a Patreon as well as an Etsy shop. Um, you can also email your witchy anecdotes or what have you to cornfedwitch at gmail.com. Once again, my name is Sarah. Thank you for tolerating me for the last 45 minutes or so. And thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed week. And merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Have a great day. This has been Corn Fed Witch.